Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Hello and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo with Stewardship and Mission of Faith, and I'm joined today by a couple guests, uh, Ruth Jilka, welcome back. You've been here with Thank us before. You. And Mary Dolan, welcome for the first time. It's awesome to have you guys here, and I'm with my brother Tom DeAngelis, uh, who uh, is here most Wednesdays uh, from Stewardship and St. Patrick's <clears throat> Fund. So welcome, one and all. Good to be here. So Thanks, Rob. To, uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, Reflections from the Heart is uh, what it says. It's a gospel reflection. So for those who are new listening, you've stumbled upon something really beautiful where we're going to look at the, the gospel for this coming Sunday. We'll read that gospel, and then we'll just see what the Holy Spirit has to say. We'll do what the Blessed Mother did, you know, ponder these things in our heart, and then we'll share those with each other. Uh, if you have a Bible or an app or some way to, to look up the Sunday reading, it's, it's John 1, 29 to 34. John 1, 29 to 34. But before we read the gospel, Ruth, if you could open us up with a prayer, that'd be great. Dear Lord, please open our ears to hear your word and open our hearts so that the Holy Spirit can send us whatever whatever we need to hear. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful. And Tom, if you could read the gospel for us. Sure. Again, it's uh, gospel according to John chapter 1, verse 29 to 34. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one of whom I said, a man is coming after me who ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. I do not know him, but the reason why I came, baptizing with water, was that he might be made known to Israel. John testified further, saying, I saw the Spirit come down like a dove from heaven and remain upon him. I did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, on whomever you see the Spirit come down and remain, he is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God, the Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Uh, Tom, when you were reading the beginning, John the Baptist saw Jesus coming and said, Behold. And uh, as, as you're reading it, I was thinking of, a, of, a, of an article or study someone referenced about how, uh, how distracted we are in general, but specifically how... Uh, how texting can be so in, like you can be so engrossed. They actually they did something. Where they had a, a clown like riding a unicycle on the opposite side <laughs> of people <laughs> texting, yeah. Yeah. and they didn't even realize that that this clown on a unicycle had had driven by or rode by. And uh, you know, I was just thinking of John the Baptist. You know, he was in the desert. He was preparing the Lord God, the Father is preparing uh, John for this mission, you know, that John would decrease so Jesus can increase. But first he had to behold, he had to behold the Lamb of God. He had to be so present in the moment to, to see, right? Jesus, John the Baptist saw Jesus coming. Um, so not many of us are gonna have clowns riding on unicycles mm -hmm. by us, uh, but we do have Jesus 
right in our midst. And the people and the sunrises and sunsets and just the everyday activities, Jesus is here. He is in our midst. And uh, I know so many times I'm distracted. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking down, looking in, uh, and, and I, I, I miss Jesus. So in this new year, Lord, please give me new eyes to see and a new awareness in the moment to be present to the people in my life, in my life uh, that are with me right here, right now, so I can behold you in them. And, and I think, Rob, that especially this time of year when some folks struggle um, with like sometimes even seasonal depression in January and February, um, you know, what do you actually behold when you look outside? Do you mm-hmm. see the darkness or do you see that night sky that really can't appear in that beauty in the summertime mm-hmm. or even the, the sunrise or what that first snow looks like? Um, because it, it's a time of year, I think, that um, people struggle with, with what they see before them. That's good. Yeah, I uh, I didn't know it was it was uh, depression. I thought I was just sad after Christmas because that's what, <laughs> that's, <laughs> well, that's mixed in there too. Yeah, I, that's what <laughs> right. I always think of. Sure. But uh, may, maybe I'm, I've been depressed all these years and I just didn't know it. But um, we we spent earlier in the week with the gospel reflection group that I was with uh, Wednesday morning a fair amount of time talking about this uh, this line that John repeats twice. I did not know him, you know, and yet we know from the gospels that. You know, Jesus and John have a connection. You know, they're related. Uh, you know, they their mothers knew each other pretty well. You know, so um, and and we had a priest with us. Our our priest, Father Father Roth at Saint Joan of Arc. Um, you know, challenged us on it. He said, "What did, what do you think he meant by that?" So we we all kind of like, I don't know exactly. You know, I could make a guess. And so somebody said, "Well, what do you think, Father?" And he said. I don't know either. I was asking you guys. You know. But um, we did talk about it, and I think we came up with a reasonable explanation, which is that um, that the biblical sense of know means to know intimately. And I think it might have been, and this is kind of where we settled, and nobody really challenged it after that, but kind of like they people knew because of the birth circumstances that John and Jesus were special. But Father Roth brought this up, and it's a, it's a fact I've heard uh, – Read, read several places, there were a lot of people who were coming claiming that they were the Messiah, you know. And, you know, there were hundreds of people over the, you know, the first the hundred years before Jesus was born, and there were probably a half dozen around that were popular and well-known. And so people knew, you know, John knew that he was special because of his birth and that he had a special mission and, you know, lived out in the desert. Jesus knew, went out and did his you know, his his fast. But then when the baptism happened, you know, John knew that when he saw this sight, when he saw the Holy Spirit descend and, you know, the like a dove, that this was the, this was the one. And this wasn't just, you know, somebody who thought they were the Messiah or somebody who, you know, claimed to be the Messiah. This was the Messiah. And more importantly, because people sometimes disconnected it back then, not only Messiah, but also the Son of God. And that was something that as much as you may love your cousin and may think, you know, he has a special birth and all that stuff, that's a whole different thing to then be confirmed and baptized, if you will, uh, in that. And somehow he knew Jesus was coming, but he's, I, it was like he, he just had to have that confirmation from God the Father that this is, this is the one, this is the guy, you know, so to speak. So, uh, and that's kind of where we settled, and I thought that at least didn't, make me feel like I, you know, was completely open-ended. I have no idea if it's, 
you know, if it would be backed up by some really deep scripture scholars, but there were enough of us there that I think were fairly well read that we thought that was a plausible because it doesn't really make sense if you think about the, you know the story of Jesus and John from Luke's gospel that he would say I didn't know him you know we came up with kind of the same Did you? Con- conclusion at our reflection as well um the another point that we did talk about though was that you know that whole idea of knowing you know we can know Jesus but do we mm-hmm. know who he is do we do we know him the holy spirit does he live in our heart do we do we, you know, bring him to the world every day? Um, that whole knowing, um, you know, I did not know him. Um, sometimes, you know, you talk about the winter day, you look outside and we don't even know if it's going to be sun again. You know, do we know him? Do we bring him? I think it makes me think even today yeah. about social media and you can think you know someone on Facebook um, because everything really looks beautiful because for the most part, you know, we just post what's right and what's good. And then you might hear the backdrop to that vacation pictures that were posted and you're like, oh, I didn't really know what happened yeah. at that vacation, you know. So I, I think that's what we picked apart today. And I think from, I'm not a biblical scholar either, but I think that no is is a, a marital term too in mm-hmm. the in the deepest, yeah. um, most uh, spiritual, respected union of two people is to know one another. So, um, yeah, and that it's a journey. And, and the Lord's calling us to that intimacy. Uh, earlier in the week uh, at St. Peter's, Father challenged us to silence. You know, how you know, he was talking about God's voice, that God wants to speak to us. He is speaking to us. He's just waiting for us to listen, to put ourselves in the position that we can listen. And uh, And how do we have that intimate knowing with our Lord other than spending time with him. Uh, and I think it was the, the Old Testament reading was, the story was Samuel and Eli, you know, they mm-hmm. thought the he was just here yeah. and finally said, well, just, yeah, say, I'm here, you know, speak. Um, so God is calling, God is calling us. And I remember one time at a high school where we were serving, uh, we, we started implementing silence in, in our sessions. We would have time in the chapel, there'd be reflection, there'd be music, but we started Work, like, a, like a workout, you start small. We started instituting moments of silence throughout the 45 minutes where it was you know, two minutes here, two minutes here, just inserting it, just giving them a little taste of the silence. And this one girl who was probably now you know, a young woman in, in college, uh, she was a senior at the time, she says, Mr. Longo, thank you so much for the session today because we had done classroom sessions with, with them before where it was just all action. It was that silence silence was so powerful. And she said, I often wondered, how do you hear God's voice? And we started this conversation. I said, thank you. I said, that's a huge question. Let me pray about it. Let's see what, you know, what the Lord comes up with, but just know that you asking that question, you've heard his voice, that he put that question in your heart, that you heard it. And, and you want to hear his voice. You want to put yourself in the, that's beautiful. So then we, you know, I started praying and the Lord was giving me some stuff and we went, we went back and forth a little bit on God's voice and how to hear God's voice in his life. And it was, it was beautiful, but that, that's that knowing that, that God wants. He desires that intimacy with us, but are we too busy? Are we too busy even doing a bunch of good stuff? You know, it's not like we're hijacking cars and robbing banks and, and being busy with that, but we're busy with good stuff at the expense of the great, which is that intimacy, that knowing our Lord. Um, you know, Jesus in scripture also says he, I don't know you. You said, Lord, Lord, but I don't, I don't know you. You know, we can yeah. speak his name. We can do all this great stuff. 
but if we if we think we have to be outdoing all the time and we don't trust God that he's got it and he might just be waiting for enough of us mm-hmm. to stop doing and just being and just praying like crazy and listening and offering our sacrifices for him to unleash the grace that's necessary for for the conversion of the world, you know, he might just be up there like, guys, I appreciate what you're doing, but come to me, come to me, get to know me. Yeah. I think that's one of the big temptations too. When you're, if you have a holy hour, if you make a holy hour, you know, once a week or once a month or something, the big temptations. And, and I try to, you know, I, I'm a lay Dominican, so I have com- commitments to liturgy, the hours and the rosary and things like that. But I try to get some time every day to do my prayers in front of the Blessed Sacrament. And the biggest temptation I run into is, geez, I got so many things to do. And I'm sitting here just, and every once in a while, it's good to hear the hear the, the Old Testament reading, you know, of, of Samuel and, and Eli and, you know, speak, Lord, your servant is listening and just, just sit there and say it and then and then just shut up. <laughs> you know, wait, <laughs> don't you know, turn, try to do the best you can. I mean, stuff comes into your head and you go, that, that's for later. I'll get to that later. I'm, I'm listening. The thing I think that that I've discovered, and it doesn't come all the time, is that you know, at some point you realize that what am, what am I listening for here? I'm listening for the voice of the one who keeps me in existence, like is so close to me, closer to me than I am to myself. And how can I not hear that voice? Why can I not hear that? And it does—it doesn't. I mean, the voice of the Lord doesn't speak to me like in English, you know, that I can mm-hmm. understand it. But there's just a sense of I'm in the right place. I'm doing the right thing. Um, I'm working on being the right person. Uh, and somehow there's a goodness and a rightness about that time that you then leave refreshed. Um, the other place that I've run into that, and having grown up in the the old Latin Rite church and <clears throat> been an altar server and all that business is occasionally go back to a, a Latin mass like at St. Um, St. Lawrence in, in Harrisburg. I haven't been down to the one at St. Joseph's in Lancaster, but I know there's a Latin mass down there. Just the, the solemnity of it. I mean, the, the prayers are all, especially the low mass, the prayers are all said by the priest and there's no place where you, you really participate, but you, I mean, I take a missile so I can keep track of where I am in the mass. But the quietness, and particularly after communion when you come back, you know, it's great when there's a inspiring hymn that we all participate in, but there's something that's almost deeper, more communal when you're when you're sitting there in the presence of God who has just come into you, and you you don't even have to open your eyes. You just know there's a hundred other people around you that have just done the same thing and are in the same place. And whether we're brothers and sisters or friends or people I don't even know, we're, we're sharing the same reality. You know, we just participated, the same faith, the same belief, the same Eucharist, the same, you know, and there's a, there's a solemnity to that that you don't get when you're singing Kumbaya. And I, I love the singing. It's not that. There's a closeness you feel in that too and an inspiration you feel. But it's nothing like the, and the fact that we don't do it that often, I think that story you related rob about that you know the girl that had mentioned that it's even more impactful because because we just don't have that experience there's always especially now with cell phones you know you're always mm-hmm. i'm always listening to an ebook or you know mm-hmm. uh, audio book or uh, texting or doing you know doing something just keeping you busy yeah when you were when you were sharing time i just jotted down something i'm sure we've all 
either said this or heard this, don't just sit there, do something, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so we've all heard that. Don't just sit there, do something. Or is God calling us, don't just do something, Yeah, sit here. After a while, that you becomes know? the more yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is so perfect because we d we talked about that a little bit. Where you know God is ready to give you promptings and all of that, but the first step for us is to step back and literally listen and wait. You know, and and it won't come in words, but that tap on the shoulder or that even you know that decision today. I'm going to. I have a choice, left or right. I have a choice to do something or not do something. And you choose to do the thing that you feel God is sending you to, to, you've just now listened to his voice and you're on that path. And, you know, the more we practice that, that quieting ourselves and listening to his promptings, it starts to become more natural. And, you know, John was waiting for God out in the desert, waiting in anticipation for the Messiah. And, you know, he came. Where, where, where do you guys find the desert? Yeah. Earlier, you know, we heard John was was the one crying out in the desert. And I think in the Old Testament, the comma is a little different. It's you know, when, in the New Testament when they refer back, I think it's you know, the voice of one crying out in the desert, and then in the Old Testament, I think it's the voice of one crying out in the desert, prepare. Like mm -hmm. that, that go to the desert to prepare. Um, so it's not like you're prepared in the hustle bustle, and then you go out in the desert to be the voice of one crying out. Go out mm -hmm. and in the desert, God will prepare you. So wh where do you guys find, I don't mean to say guys, ladies. So where <laughs> do you find? Generic guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in a way, to me, what comes to mind, there's like two deserts. There's a desert of inside where you you have to come from, not from the point of what do I have, what can I bring, but you mm. you empty that to a desert to then allow God to bring that all forward. So that kind of an interior calm desert where you're allowing God to plant fertile crops in a, in a quiet place, you know, but then that exterior desert would be, you know, as you go out and you're by your example, not necessarily your words, but you are bringing Christ to the world um, who may have either forgotten or haven't heard for a bit. And so by your actions, by your walk, you're bringing your little place in the world, you're bringing Christ into that place. Yeah, so so you, even in the midst of the craziness, you can find your desert, right? You know, yeah. In, in, a, in a stadium of screaming fans, you know, that mm -hmm. interiority. And, and Tom, you've had a beautiful journey as a, a late Dominican. And um, has that helped you with being in the world, but like without having, without being able to, like being, a, being in a physical quiet place, like has, has your prayer life, and, and the role that you keep, does that help you in the moments of yeah. you know, exterior noise or just a lot of chatter? Like you can just, in, the, in those moments, go inward? I, I think the commitment uh, to, to pray as much as we, as we do during the day, and I, I do mine early in the morning and you know, after work I find some time. And not having a family is, I mean, I have a family, but my daughters are all out of the house and, you know. Um, so I do have time before my wife gets home from, you know, what she's doing during the day. Um, so I'm able to take some time there and whatever goes on during the day, there's always like an exhale at the, at, you know, mm. at the end of the day or an inhale at the beginning of the day. Like, okay, this gets me, this gets me ready to go. Um, and I, I don't know that 
I don't know that that I find like uh, you know a desert spot or a, a quiet place to get away from during the day so much as just being able to recognize that regardless whether things go well or they don't go well, they're a gift from God, and how I treat those things, how I take them, how I respond to them, are is really my gift back to God. So no, no matter how bad things get, um, it's still a matter of bringing me closer to closer to Christ. The things that don't go well, you know, you unite with His suffering and say, "This brings me a little bit closer to understanding what you went through for me." Uh, and I think you know that comes from Mother Teresa, who wasn't really even a Dominican. So mm-hmm. you know, I just, I just remember reading her uh, her um, life story um, about you know her uh, her journals about how desolate she was for so long, and she eventually came to realize, although her spiritual director, she had several over the twenty plus years that she was kind of in the in the desert. And they kept telling her, you know, this this is God's gift to you. This is there's something positive here. This unite. So, so finally, when it hit her that that as bad as things got, and this was all going on internally when her, you know, her order and her work was growing exponentially out in the world. She was this you know great success, Nobel Prize winner, you know, being asked to speak everywhere, and all this was going on inside. And she said she came to the point where she realized that you know, in her prayer, that that difficulty that she was having inside because she had been so close to Christ at the beginning, she had this, you know, this locution, this apparition, these things that came to her, and she felt like any everything after that was like he had he left her. He left her alone, and he was her spouse, you know. And then she realized that what he was really sharing with her was his last moments on the cross where he felt exactly that way. And she said then... The intimacy became very deep and very, very profound because, in her own way, in her own heart, she realized that that's what he wanted her to realize. And from that point on, that desolation itself became a cause for joy for her because it was Jesus being intimate with her by letting her suffer like that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a it's a paradox because when you get away from the suffering, you lose the joy. You know, so you, you, the more you suffer, the more joyful you are. Because thank you, Jesus, for bringing me closer to you. Mm-hmm. And one of the words that that really spoke to me was the word "remain," and that you know, when the Spirit mm-hmm. um, comes upon you, the Spirit remains. And just the example that you gave is the the journey with that Spirit inside of you isn't the same every day, right? right? Um, but <laughs> but the yeah. Spirit doesn't go away, and and um, that tugging, that gnawing, or the struggle that she had um, was because the Spirit was still there, right. you know, and that was something that, that really spoke to me. Um, it's not like, well, I'm going to give you the Spirit for a while. You can try it out, and if this isn't working well for you, let's let's go without a Spirit. So today's gospel really spoke to me, the word remain. You know, you have accepted this into your life. You have received the Spirit, and the Spirit's here to stay. And you asked, you know, desert, you know, sometimes the spirit remains and you go through those desert times and that's, you know, it's still there. It's still remaining. You just are going, walking through that desert, but usually there's a consolation along the way. But until then, you know, that's such a desert. And and there might be some desert times in our human relationships Mm -hmm. as well. And I'm thinking, I think it's John 15 where Jesus says, and this I command you, love one another. Mm -hmm. No greater love, you know, prior to that, no greater love does one have and to lay down your life for your friends. So then you think, how can, how can 
God, how can Jesus command me to love? Isn't love a feeling? Like, isn't love? It's like, no. So in those times, those desert times in our relationship with him, like your time mm-hmm. you're talking about with Mother Teresa, that, you know, let's hold on to that. You know, so if Jesus, yeah. Jesus won't ask us to do something that we can't do. So if he's saying, I command you, love one another, that means love's a decision, right? right? It's an act of the will that we can in the times we don't feel anything between us and God, right? We can love. And then in our human relationships, when they're not going so well, and people are letting us down or disappointing us or abandoning us. Um, he's still saying this, I command you, love one another. It's not a feeling. It's not a feeling. It's a decision. And, um, and in my life, in those times when I intentionally decide to do a loving thing or a series of loving things for someone that I'm not feeling very lovey-dovey about, then the feeling sometimes will follow. Mm-hmm. But it's, it, it's not the other way around. It's like, yeah, you know the feeling doesn't come, and then do the lovey dovey <laughs> things, or it, it does sometimes. It's usually people you like anyway, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, and I, and I I believe when you just touched on it, Rob, you know Jesus said, if you love those who love you, what merit is there in that? I mean, we all love our families because they're our families. We we just have a feeling for them; it's instinctive. But that's not that's not loving your neighbor. Loving your neighbor is, you know, do good to those who persecute you. Pray for those who, you know, who persecute. This, it's almost, it's almost the reality. The way that Jesus puts it is, if you love those who love you, that's not really what I'm talking about. That's not really the kind of love. It almost has to be a difficult person, a difficult situation, um, and you know, and somewhat related to you talked about, uh, um, the, you know, every day it being, you know, things are different. It, and I, there's two things that I've come to recognize in my clearer moments, because I don't always, but one is that I have no right to expect God to give me good things all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I get bad things, and that's okay. That's the way, you know, and then that one's a little bit easier for me. But the other one is to remember every day, it's not like, why isn't it like yesterday? You know, yesterday was good. Why is today different? You know, like every day is going to be different. And I have no right to expect it to be, you know, any consistency at all is, you know, is not, is not uh, you know, and, and there is enough consistency. I mean, the sun comes up every day. It goes down every day. Sometimes it's cloudy, sometimes not. But it's just that idea that I seem to have this opinion of the way things are supposed to be. And when it doesn't measure up, it's, got, you know, God did something wrong. Well, that's awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you all for being here. Thank you, listening audience, for, for listening with us. So let's... Uh, Let's let the spirit remain and then take that beautiful Holy Spirit into every single relationship and every person that we meet. God bless you all. Talk to you next time. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. 
If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.